What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Crew Sports Pod, episode number 47. I'm Michael Keem, as always, joined here by Vito Patel. We got the FIFA World Cup is set. Saturday football begins this week in the NFL. Before all that, we'll start with college football. We had the college football awards this past weekend. And, of course, the biggest award is always the Heisman. And USC quarterback Caleb Williams won the Heisman. I don't think that was too big of a shock. And... Seems like the tanking race for next year's the first overall pick has started. Yeah, Caleb Williams is an outstanding player, and honestly, uh, there's already comparisons between him and Mahomes, and I can see that skill set. Like I definitely can. He's a good passer with um, uh, ability to play make plays out of nothing, as we saw against Notre Dame. You'd be thought we sacked him like ten times, and we barely sacked him at all. Uh, what do you think of those comparisons? I think the comparisons kind of originated because he yeah he kind of has that like backyard football style but i'll be honest i'm not yeah. very big on him <laughs> okay you're not a big fan of the improviser quarterbacks i guess but uh no i like it i think he's good but like oh the race is... for like number one overall pick everyone wants him for next year i think he's a little overhyped right now yeah i feel that I do think some of the things he does in college is going to be so hard to replicate in the NFL. Like, he's an amazing runner, but, like, that that stuff just dies in the NFL most of the times. Um, and he has always had a great coach in Lincoln Riley who's, you know, set him up. I will say the Lincoln Riley uh, quarterback tree continues to grow and grow. This is the third Heisen quarterback that Lincoln Riley's had. And when you consider the other two quarterbacks he's had that weren't Heisman winners, Jalen Hurts and Spencer Rattler, I don't think he's had any bad quarterbacks in his coaching career. Are you saying he's just a system quarterback? Yeah, no, they've all had decent <clears throat> NFL success. I think Kyler and Baker not quite as good as uh, what Jalen Hurts has done. But I'm just saying that uh, any quarterback seems to look really good under uh, Lincoln Riley. So it might be... Not the best sign. For example, like some of the young quarterbacks are doing really, really good. Is like I'd say like Joe Burrow's doing well, and um, he's not that young, but he's pretty good. Uh, I, I feel like the quarterbacks that don't originate from Oklahoma seem to, I don't know, be somewhat better on average. But it's hard to say. It is, uh, especially since he's got two number one overall picks, which just leads to a lot of hype, anyways. And they end up on bad teams. Yeah, and it's not like over like. All this time, it's like literally his last five quarterbacks have all been amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I'm a big fan of him. I think uh, Lincoln Riley's continuing to be really good quarterback coach, and uh, with what we've seen with the transfer portals, I could expect USC to pretty much have, as long as Lincoln Riley's there, a Heisman candidate quarterback every year. And like, that's not even like too bold to say anymore, uh, because even if he doesn't, that's crazy still. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of crazy to think about, but even if he doesn't, for example, uh, recruit the best quarterback, which I'm sure he like he already has five star recruit coming in next year for quarterback, he could get the best transfer, like what he did with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think like we saw Hayden Hooker transfer to Tennessee this year and was amazing. Yeah, he'd do stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So USC, we're gonna play every year, and they're always gonna have no superstar quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's gonna be tough. Rivalry renewed, like we said a couple weeks ago when we played. Absolutely. Hopefully, Freeman can keep doing what he's doing uh, and build superstar defenses to combat that. Speaking of Notre Dame, we had three All-Americans. We had Mayer and all first-team All-American, and then our only defensive All-American was Foskey on the second team. 
Yeah, no, I was, well, was going to say, uh, Marin Alt are absolute studs, but it's so crazy to think that I think our defense is much better than our offense. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, but like, <laughs> it doesn't seem like that. Yeah, exactly. Huh, I think the big, I think the big thing we're always missing on offense, though, as of late, is receivers and quarterbacks, and that's just what we need uh, going forward. I think quarterback especially. We always have good O-line and pretty solid running backs, and then occasionally a receiver. Yeah, yeah, we have had some good receivers. That's true, but no quarterbacks that actually just straight pan out. And our defense, I think the thing that made our defense so good is, like, there wasn't one superstar. Like, Foskey was definitely the superstar of the defense, but most of that defense was pretty good. Yeah, pretty well-rounded. Yeah. And deep. Mm-hmm. Future, like later round picks and future later round picks. I think we're, that defense is flooded with fourth or fifth round picks. Yeah, like like Tranquil this year, he's, I mean, he's starting for the Chargers. He's a solid part of that defense. Uh, Halohi Gilman gets a lot of play time for the Chargers too. We have a lot of players like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, the defense has always been producing decent amount of like role players. Uh, and I think the Adam Yola twins will be late round picks and just a lot of linebackers. But yeah, uh, that being said, uh, excited for the bowl game against uh, South Carolina. We'll get to see one of Lincoln Riley's quarterback products and Spencer Spencer Rattler. Um, it'll be good. I wonder who we'll see from our team. None of our guys that we just mentioned will be playing probably. Well, Joe Alt will be, but Alt, yeah, Mayer and Foskey won't be. Yeah, someone has to step up on offense, and we don't even have Pine playing. So excited to see what happens there. Uh, yeah, and excited to see what happens with the defense. To be fair, though, you know, I made the observation that Fossey doesn't really play that many snaps on defense. But when he does, yeah, well, when he does, he's still a monster. Rex Havoc. So, like, yeah, someone, those snaps, someone still needs to come in, do something. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be interesting game. Like I said, I think all the bowl games are like exhibitions besides the big ones, but we'll preview the bowl games next week. Um, and so let's go on to the NFL quarterback play from two guys that I did not expect. Um, first, last Thursday night, how about Baker Mayfield in L.A. leading a Tom Brady-esque comeback against the Raiders? Yeah, absolutely insane. Uh, <laughs> I will say that they he didn't do like he looked like a quarterback that only had two days to prepare most of the game, but in the last seven minutes of that game, he just something's activated. And we saw Oklahoma Baker Mayfield for two drives, absolutely unstoppable. Well, even he didn't look like like horrible the first like throughout the game. Like he he just got there. He didn't even have two full days. So I was just so like, how did he even know the plays? And then. How did he know the two minute drill? How did he know how to run a two minute drill with an offense that like no one that he knows? Yeah, he doesn't know anything. Like that was, I could not believe it the whole time. I was like, "How is this happening?" Yeah, that was definitely really impressive. And I mean, that offense is without like Cooper Cup, and I don't think Robinson's in there either. Uh, not that Robinson was playing well, but that offense is banged up. Like he didn't have the full offense. But the biggest thing was the ninety eight yard drive, like. I don't think I've seen a 98-yard drive. Is that like a record for to win the game? That's what I'm saying. And That's he like was a... just like, he didn't, how, how did he know the plays or the audibles or anything? Yeah. Yeah. Impressive stuff by Baker. And exactly. And he didn't even have his best weapon. So, hmm, he might, he might run. <laughs> if Stafford does get healthy, he might run Stafford out of the job if you keep playing like that. No, he, I don't think Baker ever really sustains that level of play. Good Maybe play. another game yeah. or two. <laughs> Yeah, no facts. Baker's all about runs. 
But then speaking of Tom Brady-esque, the guy playing Tom Brady last week, Purdy in San Francisco absolutely crushed Tom Brady. And Mr. Irrelevant was looking good. He's looked good for two weeks now. It seems like the further and further we get into the depth chart for the 49ers, the better and better quarterbacks that you see. Like the starter of the season was Trey Lance coming into the season. And it seemed like Garoppolo played better than him. And it seems like I know two games is such a small sample size, but Purdy's looks pretty good. Mr. Irrelevant. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Brock Purdy, man. Um, I don't know. I don't know much to say. I think that I think that 49ers offense. It's just built explosive. So many playmakers, uh, Debo, CMC, Kittle, and Ayuk's been getting better too. Even Jennings is not bad. Yeah, they got they got a squad, and their line is built pretty solid. And then obviously, 49ers have always had a pretty good defense. That team is looking scary and scary mm-hmm. every week. And I don't think the quarterbacks like it doesn't. Anybody could play under center at this point, which is the best part. It seems like. Yeah, I'd, like I don't really think it matters who's taking the snaps as long as they can just like dump it off or hand it off to one of their players. Hopefully, Debo is not out for too long. Yeah, deep, losing Debo could be costly, but I don't know. I feel like the next man up is really just a big thing in Forty ers on both sides of the ball. <laughs> I think it only works in, in quarterbacks. Well, actually, their their running back room I had to get kind of deep too. They had a lot of injuries there. Yeah, I think their defense was a little banged up too. Mm-hmm. Now, they're just always so hurt, but I guess they're, they've gotten used to it at this point. They they know how to how to really establish next man up mentality. Yeah. Um. But looking ahead to the pick'em, so you won last week by one. You went what, ten and three. I went nine and four. So overall, now you're up one. You've won six. I've won five, and we've tied three times. Um. And this week we picked only one game different, and it's the very last game, the Monday night game. That's just nuts. Uh, I'm so glad there's Saturday football, though. NFL football on Saturdays are always fun to watch. It's like Thanksgiving with the three games. Get one at one at each yeah, time exactly. slot. Kirk Cousins at least gets a primetime game that's not late, does not pass his bedtime. So it's the same time. It's the same time schedule as his normal Sunday games at one o'clock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean. Our our picks are pretty similar, so there's not much to talk about except for some reason you picked the Rams. You really do like Baker. Yeah, it's also that game to me. I think it's a toss up. I saw the line for the game is Green Bay by seven, but like I don't really trust Green Bay that much. They haven't looked that good, and the Rams I think can you know ride a little momentum. Like if Baker only knew six plays last week, I think his his little hot streak goes another game or two, and then he goes back to like. You know, the reason he got cut from the Browns and dropped from the Panthers. Yeah, but one of the things, though, is Green Bay, I think, has been playing a little better lately. They just had the bye and at home in Lambeau. It's cold. Like, it's cold. It's December. I, I just can't see Green Bay losing this one in prime time. And every game from now on for them is must win. So I, I believe in the Baker Mayfield hype. I do. But this Packers team is going to be a little tough to beat now on the road. Uh, but I hate to pick the Packers. Like I definitely do. Yeah, surprise. I just don't see. It. Yeah, uh, but I don't. I don't see them losing this one. Um. So, like you said, we picked all the same besides the Monday night game. So I'll just I'll just run through real quick who we picked. So we both got San Francisco over Seattle for the Thursday night game, and then Saturday we both picked all the home teams: Minnesota over Indianapolis, Cleveland over Baltimore, and Buffalo over Miami. Uh, heading into Sunday, we both got Philly over Chicago. 
New Orleans over Atlanta, Detroit over the Jets, Carolina beating Pittsburgh, Dallas to beat Jacksonville, Kansas City to beat Houston, Denver to beat Arizona. I'm surprised you picked that one. Um, New England to beat Vegas, the Chargers to beat the Titans, and Washington to beat the Giants, since we don't pick ties. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. It was... That's so that one was interesting because I thought I I definitely thought uh you were gonna pick uh New York. Well, I was thinking about picking New York, but I was like, no, nah, they tied last time. The only difference is one's at home. Yeah, and New York. I mean, what are they? They start off six and one. Yeah, yeah. And they're what seven and five now? Seven five and one. Yeah. So they haven't been that high. They're coming back down to earth, and I I never thought they were really like that talented of a squad. So them starting off six and one was definitely impressive to me. So. I think this is like normalizing now. I think Arizona at Denver is going to be close, but Arizona without Kyler. Denver looked better last week against the Chiefs. Their offense finally looked like it could move the ball. Yeah. I mean, that was late, though. Chief, like, I think Chiefs were up like 21 0 or something. And then Denver came roaring back, but it wasn't enough. Yeah, but like a three touchdown game by Russ. I think that's the first time we see that this year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So at least look like they were doing something. Glad to see that though, for sure for, by Russ. I think this is the first time that defense gave up so many points though. Yeah, but that's Kansas City. So yeah, yeah. Actually, Kansas City was up twenty-seven zero, and Denver scored three unanswered to make it a game. Jared Judy three touchdown game. Oh, and then they had the Marlon Mack like sixty-yard touchdown. Yeah, actually. Yeah, it wasn't that impressive. To be fair, some uh, one of the touchdowns that uh, Kansas City scored was a defensive one, so it wasn't all amazing defense by, uh, I mean, all bad defense by the Broncos either. It's a little promising, even though it's week 15, so a little late, but better late than never. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, moving on to the World Cup, my favorite sporting event. Uh, since last we spoke, we spoke after the round of 16. So we've got the quarterfinals, the semis. Now the World Cup final is set up for this Sunday at 10. And there's a third place match on Saturday. But so we can run through the quarterfinals. We had Argentina versus Netherlands. It's late drama. That was probably one of the craziest endings I've seen to a game. That late with that free kick routine. That was pretty cool. That game though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that that game was insane though. Uh, I mean, both both those games on the same day, uh, the Argentina Netherlands and the Croatia Brazil, both of them were absolutely nuts. Both of them went to free kicks, and I think that was a. I was, I mean, not that I know much, but on what I was watching on Fox, they claimed this is the first time this happened. It's like, like thirty, forty years. I don't know the date. That both quarterfinal games go to penalties on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, wow, that was pretty cool. Uh, I will say the Brazil-Croatia one, that was so interesting because it was like nothing happened for a little bit of time. And then I step into Beacon, uh, the gym I went to. And right when I step in, Neymar scores that goal. And like everyone was gathered around just watching it. It was like crazy. And everyone was going hype because it seemed like almost everyone was going for Brazil. Then I hear that it was tied. So then everyone like stops their workout, goes down, uh, watches the game to see the free kicks uh after croatia ties and mostly everyone goes back to work out super disappointed except the loudest person there (laughs) rooting for croatia he was cheering you could not you could hear like him having the time of his life and what made it better for him is everyone was upset yeah brazil's definitely more popular pick there probably but yeah yeah that game 
0-0 heading into extra time. Class goal by Neymar, and then Croatia somehow snuck a goal in. And they were good at winning on penalties. They won their first game against Japan on penalties, too. And I remember the first two games they advanced last year, or last World Cup in 2018, were both on penalties. So, been there, done that. Yeah, they're just a... You just don't want to. You just don't want to tie with that team. It seems like I don't know much about the sport, but you just want to beat that team if you can. Which, no spoilers, did happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so those are the Friday games, the Saturday games. Uh, France two one over England. I really didn't expect too much out of England. They played a good game. They got two penalties. Couldn't convert the second one. Um, besides that, though, I don't really think they did much. And then Morocco continued their historic run. They beat Portugal 1-0. The Giant Slayers kept going until the semifinals. For that game, obviously, I'm a Madrid fan. I'm a big Ronaldo fan. I don't know how you have a country legend like CR7 and you keep him on the bench. You don't let him see the field to the last 20 minutes, especially in a game like this. Like I understood, okay, the first game against Switzerland, they benched him for it was like a disciplinary thing, whatever, sure. And like his replacement had a hat trick, but hindsight is twenty twenty. You could not tell me that guy was going to have another hat trick. I don't know what they're expecting out of Ramos, but CR7 on the bench, especially against this team, a team like Morocco, you know Morocco's not going to have the ball. They don't want the ball. They want to sit. They want to wait for you to give up the ball so they can try and counter. And on the counter, Ronaldo's not going to be part of the defense anyway. You need a player with like a clinical finishing ability to break down that perfect defense. That's that's Ronaldo. And you saw he came out of the game in the last 20, 30 minutes. It made a difference. They started mm-hmm. getting better opportunities. They got a few shots, but they couldn't break it. They didn't give him enough time. And then that's how his World Cup career comes to a close. I thought that was pretty sad. I think that's awful. Yeah, I mean, just benching your superstar just seems like, first of all, just a bad idea ever. But um, in a case like this, where it would probably make a great, you know, great impact on the game. It just, I don't know. I just can't make that logical. And I feel like even benching him in the quarterfinals was a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, Ramos did score three goals. The hype is awesome. But I don't know. It just seems, seems like, I, it seems like if you're the coach, I feel like you're going to get the blame for this if you don't start Ronaldo, but you won't get much like blame if he played. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they were, what the decision process was like there. I thought that was horrible. Um, but again, hindsight 2020. What happened, happened. Uh, it's sad to see the hate that he was getting. Um, but now that his out of the World Cup, you've seen a lot of Ronaldo fans, you know, posting like memories and highlights and stuff throughout his career, uh, which has been a great one. But anyway, on to the semifinals. We had Argentina handled Croatia pretty easily. They they hit him on the counter two or three times and got a penalty out of one of them. They went through 3-0. I think that was the last of Luka Modric's World Cup career, uh, but definitely helped put Croatia on the map. For this World Cup and last World Cup in 2018 and the Euros, I think Croatia's could possibly be seen as a powerhouse moving forward. Um, they've just been, been very good in tournaments. Um, and then we had France beat Morocco 2-0. The first team to score on Morocco this tournament happened in the semifinals. Happened five minutes into the game, too. I mean, not to undermine that, but that was that is insane that Morocco didn't give up a goal. Wait, didn't they didn't Japan score on them? Or didn't someone else score on them? 
The only goals that they gave up was an own goal. So no other team has scored on them. Oh my god! Wow, <laughs> wow, that is that that is insane. That and they go went that far. They played five games, no goals. That's insane. Uh, I gotta love the heart of Morocco too. Weren't they uh, the first African team to make it this far too? The furthest the African team has ever gone. Yeah, so unexpected. You know, Morocco and Croatia that came out of my group of death with Belgium and Canada. I thought that was a very talented group. They played fantastic, and they didn't try to be like too fancy they knew you know they don't have like the quality that france has that argentina has that you know spain germany have that belgium have they knew they're not gonna like possess the ball they're gonna lock down they play good defense and then when they get a chance they break and you take advantage of your chances but what a run i mean first of all i said the group stage had belgium in it who's a powerhouse canada's a pretty solid team and croatia is deadly in these big tournaments over the last you know, two or three of them. Then you get to the knockout stage. They took out Spain and they took out Portugal. If they were to take out France too, and then go on to play Argentina in the, in the final, that would be like basically every powerhouse besides like Italy who aren't even in this tournament and Germany who got knocked out early. Yeah. That would be an insane run. Wow. But anyway, this sets up two powerhouses playing in the World Cup final. We got Argentina and Messi looking to fulfill his Argentinian prophecy, trying to win Argentina the first World Cup since the legendary Maradona. And on the other side, you have France, who are looking to become probably, I think, the first back-to-back World Cup winners in like 60 years. And, you know, for Mbappe, having two World Cups... Before you turn 24, I think he turns he turns 24 like two days after the World Cup final. So he'll be a 23-year-old with potentially two World Cups to his name. And, you know, the last World Cup and this World Cup, he's leading his team. He's not just some, you know, rotation part-time player. He, he's tied right now first for the golden boot of this tournament. He had an amazing 2018 tournament. I think if, if France win this World Cup, if they beat Argentina, which I think they can, uh, I think Mbappe is the only player out of this next new generation of upcoming superstars that include you know him, Vinny, Nunez, Holland, um, Gavi, Pedri, whoever else you want to include. I think he's the only one out of all these guys that has a chance or even has an argument at the claim of GOAT that Ronaldo and Messi currently hold. I don't think anyone else, it's too late for anyone else to even come close to them besides Mbappe. Wow. That's huge separation. But I mean, neither, like, the World Cup is a huge accomplishment. And then, like, I don't, like, neither Ronaldo or nor Messi have one, right? So for him to get two, if he was to do that and beat uh, Messi, seem to do it, like, that'd be like a passing the torch kind of thing, if you will. Uh, but I find that it's crazy, though, that either outcome would be absolutely nuts. Either you get a repeat from. Uh, this France team, which is absolutely nuts, or you get Messi's first World Cup. Like it's a win-win. Like story made, regardless. Now, oh, even even since the semifinals, anyone that well, I guess with the World Cup, it's always no matter who wins. But like if Croatia were to win it, uh, if Croatia got past Argentina were to win it, they would be that'd be the first time they'd be a new winner, which you know hasn't happened since Spain in 2010. Um, and Luka Modric would be one of like the greatest midfielders ever at that point he would have carried Croatia to a World Cup final in 2018 and then won it this year uh, that would have been amazing or if you had Morocco get past France and win it obviously they're already the furthest an African nation has ever gone and they would be a, a new 
World Cup winner as well. But I mean, this is a real chance for France to establish a dynasty. No, that, that, I mean, that is so amazing. Though that third place game, though, still find, I find that interesting always that they play that. Um, if you got to feel like the motivation is down a little bit, right? After a loss. I would assume so. I don't think it'll be like fireworks, but then still like a third place finish at a World Cup would still be like, you know, the furthest the African nation's ever gone from Morocco. Yeah, definitely an impressive feat regardless of the result that happens. But I just can't thank uh, as many people tune in for that third place game as the, you know, the first place, like nowhere near in the same stratosphere, given, also given the size of the programs, uh, uh, Argentina and France have more popular teams i feel like i think that game is going to be great uh the thing is so i'm picking france and i think for me this tournament and last tournament mbappe is just different i mean he's taking over he's established himself as he's going to be the best player of this next generation and and as of now you can't contain him you can't plan for him like england tried to have project mbappe or plan for mbappe they didn't do anything he crushed him he's so fast I mean, they put Kyle Walker on him, you know, their fastest player. Mbappe flew by him one time. And then the one time Walker tried to, like, sneak up to be part of an attack, Mbappe went screaming down the sideline and set up. That's how they set up their first goal or their first chance. Um, he's just, he's on another level. He's amazing. Uh, you know, his his movement in the box helped set up both goals today versus Morocco. Uh, I thought they are both great. Um, the thing on the other side... Is I mean you got Messi of course so you can never count them out, but I think you can account for Messi more now. Obviously in their primes, Ronaldo and Messi, you could try and plan for them as much as you wanted. You you weren't you weren't doing it. You were at their mercy still. But now both of them I see like they they don't have as yeah. much energy. I mean they're both kind of old, but like they pick their moments to show some magic. And you saw Messi do that against Croatia of that third goal. That he assisted. That was absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah. But I think he's he, you can kind of contain him if you plan for him. And I think, you know, you know, take out your stars. Take out Mbappe. Take out Messi. The rest of the squad. I th- France is still better. Yeah. Uh, Argentina's, I give them the edge in goal. Um, but, you know, Hugo Lloris for France is still solid. Um, France today, they beat Morocco despite they had an illness go through the camp. So they're missing a couple starters. On top of all the injuries that they came into this World Cup with, uh, got exposed a little bit, but those guys should be back, I would think, by the time of the final. Uh, this France side is just—I'm still so like amazed how that they're so good and just like a level ahead of every other team in terms of talent, even without half of their outfield. Yeah, no, that is uh, that is amazing that they could uh, maintain even that that uh, super high standard of play too, like. Uh, maybe not just in soccer, but any sport. Uh, and I mean, even in soccer, like the really elite teams, you know, are still subject to upsets, like or you know, under underlooking a team. Like I feel like these guys have just looked dominant every game. I think there's that the rest of their starters won the uh games right in the group stage. Yeah, against Tunisia. But that was like literally they took out all eleven of the starters and put in all eleven of the next. And that's the only game I think they didn't look dominant. Every other game has been like the scores too have been dominant. Yeah, that's I'm I'm so like impressed, and that's why like if they win this World Cup final on Sunday, like there that's like a real dynasty. And thing too 
is they're a solid mix of young and old. So, like, Mbappe has a chance at a third World Cup, too, in the future. Because I think he can play at least two more after this. That's just nuts to think about. But even outside of Mbappe, like, Griezmann today looked amazing. I thought he was everywhere. Great touches, especially in the attacking third and passes. And then on defense, he was, like, everywhere, too. This France team is solid. As long as they just have to watch out for I think the only chance Argentina has is to sit back, absorb some of the pressure, and then try to hit France on the counter like they did with Croatia. But I think for France, I don't think they need to commit as many guys forward as Croatia does to score. Like for France, you could commit four guys forward. They can go, and like we saw today, Mbappe went through the box through like four or five Moroccans and got a shot off that allowed for a tap-in at the back post. Like Croatia doesn't have anyone like that. Uh, it's gonna be a good one. I mean, Argentina too. Uh, outside that first game, <laughs> that few drops that they've also, to be honest, looked absolutely dominant too. Uh, except that Netherlands game that went down to the wire. But other than that, they've looked pretty good. Yeah. So I obviously I got France. I think France win. I'll go. I'll say three one. Three one. Wow. What do you got? What do you think? No, I, I think France wins too. Uh, yeah, I can actually these both these teams look pretty high scoring. Um I I would say two one France though. That's that's what I'm thinking. I think Argentina scores. I think France wins. Though actually I saw this uh last time they played the World Cup in twenty eighteen, right? That was like a super high scoring game. They played in the round of sixteen and France won four to three. I think Argentina's team was better than that World Cup. I thought Argentina had a solid team, like a stacked team. I think their their squad is a little weaker this year. So I'm I mean, I'm impressed that they're in the final, but like again, if you have Messi, you can never count them out. Yeah, absolutely. Regardless of his age. Um but four three, that just sounds amazing. So I wonder if something like that happens. But uh maybe you're right on the higher scoring side, I guess. Yeah. With that, so now on to our last segment. We have our locks of the week. And we both have France over Argentina in the final as part of our bets. I put 40 on it. You put 50. Maybe you're a little more confident than me. <laughs> yep. I'm pretty confident. Uh, well, plus, uh, that's the last thing I need to ha- uh, happen. If uh, France wins, I win my uh, bracket of it at work. Uh, going back to that. But in general, too, I, I think France has, I've never, none of the games have ever been in doubt. They just seems too dominant right now. Now, your work bracket, it sounds like like uh, most of the other people, I would assume, in it know a little bit about soccer and, and, and world football. But it'd be funny if the person who's getting into it, this tournament, is the one that wins it. So I'm rooting for you, Vito. <laughs> and actually, that's exactly the joke, too. They've all been huge soccer fans. Uh, and like I've been asking them about like stuff to get more knowledge on it, but then they're like, after a while, they're like, dang, they gotta start asking you. Yeah, <laughs> no, they start asking me, like, what's the which because, like, I actually in the group stage, I got almost every pick right, which is crazy because, like, I don't even know how that's possible. I barely knew who was good and who was it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, the, the first miss I had actually was Germany not making it to the next round. And like, so for the first few days, they're like, what? You haven't missed one pick. And so they started asking me. But after that, though, everyone's bracket started dying after like some of the upsets that happened. It's been a good tournament. It's been a great World Cup. But the thing is, I don't think World Cups can ever be bad. Yeah, there's too many storylines coming into it, and all the whole world's watching. It's crazy. I was thinking about that earlier today. Like when we have the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals or whatever, we have we know like all of America's watching. 
But Sunday, the whole world's eyes are going to be on France versus Argentina. Mbappe versus Messi. That's just so nuts. Everybody. Even non-soccer countries will have a bunch of folks watching it. It's just nuts to think. Yeah, like I oh man. I wanna I'm interested to see what like the, the viewing numbers are gonna be like. Uh, like. A billion people watching the same thing. It'll shatter everything. The only thing that could make the viewing a little more is I think if Portugal made it. But even then, honestly, I don't know. Because I think France is a huge team now too. And I mean I think Mbappe's star power is there. I mean I don't think it matters. I think who World Cup final, whoever. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It could be it could have been Morocco, Croatia, and everyone. Which I mean, that would have been crazy storylines too. No matter what, we'd be having a new team winning the World Cup for the first time ever. Yeah. It is, it is insane. Um, but oh, I can't wait to be talking about the final this time next week. But well, what else you got for the rest of your bets? And how did you do last week? Uh, I did do great. Uh, my huge quarterfinal parlay. Had a couple losses. Um, you know, I yeah, I pretty much missed everything. But I did get the Detroit minus two and a half. And I just thought that was one of those Vegas clickbait. So I'm glad I don't trust Vegas. And boom, let's go. <laughs> Always trust the underdog with Vegas favors them is my new rule. It's weird. I did not see that coming. I I was not picking Detroit. Yeah, they're they're a pretty hot team, but it's mostly because of the Vegas underdog rule is a new rule I'm going to start taking with bets. So it's worked lately. But Vegas has an underdog that surprises you becoming for being the favorite. They probably are the favorite. All right, let's see if that gets you. Ah, uh, you're 450 in the hole right now. So you better hope they have a lot of those close out the season. <laughs> I don't even. I think it's so rare for that to even happen. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, because um, I, I was looking for one. I couldn't find any notable ones. So I went with the Saturday slate. Colts versus Vikings, Ravens versus Browns, and Miami versus Buffalo. I got Vikings, Ravens, and Bills. I got to take that parlay, a Saturday parlay, uh, for $50. Uh, odds are 216 so let's see if I can get out of my hole a little bit if I get that one. Okay, okay. Saturday's play. It's pretty good. I think Ra- Ravens, Browns, uh, I couldn't pick that game. I think that's going to be a close one. All right, I can see that going either way. So for me, I put the 40, like I said, on, on France to be Argentina. And then I got San Francisco at Seattle. I'm going over 43. I think San Francisco just got explosive players. And Seattle's got not a great defense. And then, But I think Seattle's offense is pretty good, and they score. So I'm going over 43. I think both teams can get like, like 24, 21 or something like that. So minus 115, I put 20 there. And then my last 40, I did a partial Saturday slate. I got Minnesota beating Indianapolis and Buffalo beating Miami partly together. I'm minus 110 for my last 40. I couldn't pick the Browns-Ravens game. I, I'm just not not confident. I don't know who I'd pick. Yeah, that'd be a tough one. Uh, Huntley looks better than I thought, but I don't know. It's a It's a tough one toss-up yeah i just left it out i couldn't decide so that's what i went with wow so the main difference between our picks is uh well outside of that game but you chose to go on the over which i do like the over on that but essentially our picks are pretty similar so if for example if i hit both of mine you'll hit both of yours i'm um, i'm rooting for you well, two of yours yeah, exactly. Uh, last this week, has been a pretty similar week too, honestly. But almost all of our NFL picks are the same. Yeah, except Monday night. That was I started reading through yours, and I, I was like, mm, "This looks a lot like mine." 
<laughs> and then you audit it, and you're like, this is almost exactly like mine. Except the one random upset I picked. I'm Team Baker. <laughs> but yeah, last week, I didn't have a good week last week, so I'm I'm almost 200 down now. I almost had a reverse sweep. The only pick I got from the quarterfinals was France. I think there's almost no way I win everything back. Um, but it's been a pretty bad year uh, with these locks. Hopefully you've been betting against me. <laughs> you've been up a lot. <laughs> anyway, that is all we got for this week. We'll be back next week talking World Cup Finals, previewing the college football bowl games, and a little more NFL talk. And wrap up the season. All right, Bill's still number one seed in the AFC. We like that. Yeah. But with that, we'll see you guys next week.